0: Jacks RPG Podcast. I'm in Max, 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 Max. Pursuing the RPG hobby with Reckless Abandon. Why hello, and welcome to season 26, episode 7 of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. My name is Stu.
1: Oh, hi, I'm Stork. I'm Joey.
0: Joey,
2: your mic is muted.
1: Why is my mic...
2: I don't know how to follow directions, that's why. Uh, I'm Joey, apparently.
0: Last I checked. All right. Uh, what is it with the bings? Is that, right, is that you or is it that me? That's me this time. It is I you. Know. Okay, all right. Put this in my no worries. Hi. Uh, by the way, if uh, any of you are wondering where the convention episode is, I forgot to record it, so I have to download it off of YouTube, and I'll put it up, and then I'll put this one up. It's right there. No, it's actually, I just realized it's actually not on there because I forgot to hit record. Mm. The the thing I scream at everyone else about, (laughs) I did. (laughs) So, but that that will be up and then this will be up. Probably around the same time, within 15 or 20 minutes of each other. It's weird. (laughs) In this episode of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast, Jonathan from Spanaway asks how to get players to play. Uncommon Man sends another GMing exercise, and Costa from Adelaide sends us a horror story. Oh. But first, if you'd like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. We are on the social meteors. We're on the Facebooks and the Twitters and the Instagrams and the MeWees, Happy Jacks RPG, all one word. And then we're also, we have a forum. Do you know we have a forum? We have a forum. Yeah. Happyjacksforum.com happyjacksforum.com. If you'd like to watch the show live, go to happyjacks.org slash live on Fridays at 7pm 7, 10pm 7, Pacific Time. Ish. ish. ish It's a solid-ish. And uh, there's this thing called Decima. I don't know if you've heard of it. What's Decima? Decima is it's it's like a, a tarot-based card game to like create worlds and, and it's like a pre-game it's like it's your session zero in the yeah. deck. It's the R and D for your RPG. Sure, it's that too, but <laughs> it's in the Kickstarter and it's still going. Mm-hmm. And I think they hit the gold. The like everything gets yep. gold.
2: Yep. yep, it's
0: all gold. We like gold. So sparkly. I'm gonna make sure I have the have the URL right.
1: Well you just got a decamant that's D E C U
0: M mm-hmm. A. Goldenlasso Games dot com slash Kickstarter. And they're thirty-five thousand dollars. And still going. Ni- $35,098. Yep. With one thousand one hundred and four backers. I backed it. Mm-hmm. And uh I, did she get did she, did she come up with more stretch goals? I don't want mm. not to. <laughs> 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 and if you're curious about
1: how it plays, I think we have a couple of actual plays somewhere on our, yes, including are- one
2: from not this past Saturday, but the
0: Saturday before. Yeah, yep. So check it out and back it. There's still time. Yeah, mm-hmm. they max the 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 uh, stretch goals.
1: It's a good game. It actually works. It really it's it's fun.
2: Fair warning though, if you play it just to play it, you're going to create a really fun campaign and need to play that. Yeah, campaign. that's true. Yeah, I played that game so many times. I've gotten campaign boo balls every single time. <laughs> it's ugly. It's real. <laughs> I'm really upset about it.
1: <clears throat> I mean, I used to just make traveler characters because the character is so much fun, and it's it's a similar thing. you're right. doing it as a group. <clears throat>
2: right. So pair like traveler character creation with like PBTA backgrounds. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Blue balls. It's fun. Yeah. Uh,
0: uh, so so goldenlasso games slash decima if you would like to back it because she needs more backers.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: She's only. $25,000 over her, her initial goal <laughs> we,
1: he, that's pretty amazing that's it awesome. is it's, it's a solid game she really created a solid game mm-hmm. deceptively simple and really good so yep. go out go and buy it
0: do it it will be fantastic
1: for those of you just waiting for the end do it now
0: yeah well, how long is it 10 more days yep. you only have 10 days That's ten not 10 days 2 weeks <laughs> uh something oh uh Rainbow Railroad, also. Mm-hmm. Uh, happyjacks.org. Can they still donate to that? Yeah. Slash rainbow. Mm-hmm. Is that right? I'm 99% sure. Happyjacks.org slash rainbow. Yes, that's where it is. I think we're, we're just over $6,000. $6,025. Our goal is 10000 There's only three days left in the yeah. campaign. 10000 is of.
1: about what it takes to get somebody out of... Yes, Eastern Europe or wherever and Mm -hmm. get them someplace relocated safe. For people
0: not familiar Rainbow
2: Railroad is a charity that gets LGBTQIA plus people out of areas where they are not safe for being who they are Uh, and like Sork said $10,000 is the goal to get one person out of that area and it it helps them uh, find safe refuge while they're still trying to get out it helps them get out, helps them get set up when they finally get out and almost, what was it 95% or higher than that Goes to the actual.
0: Yeah they, 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 yeah, they have a very a very good record for yeah. the yeah. amount of money that gets donated. That's very actually, low overhead. Yes, yeah. so it's a
2: totally worthy cause. Um, take check it out. Give it if you can. Give as much as you can. We'd like to see that goal happen in the next three days. I think we can do it. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna keep drinking this Red Bull until that happens. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so so
0: really- if you
2: don't want to have a heart attack, it's only twelve hundred and fifty dollars a day. Yeah, that's easy.
1: <laughs> Um, <laughs> and those episodes are up, right? Do you want to watch? No. We did a 24-hour marathon. Not yet. Not, like, not yet. No, they
0: will be. Somewhere. They will be. I'm a little backed up on posting stuff. That'll, that'll happen, though. I've been working on a revision of Moment of Truth.
1: And recording two bands.
0: And, and recording two bands and, and mixing three se- and three being, bands. And, and being and a dad and, and running games. games. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know where but the time goes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, how to get players to play from Jonathan and Spanaway.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Spanaway. Doesn't that sound like like you know, hello, this is Spanaway. Would you, would, would you like to buy some uh, encyclopedias?
0: <laughs> See, I think of Spanaway as like a nautical term. Yeah, okay. Like something that would be in a yeah. sea shanty. Yep.
2: Yeah, I, I buy that. Biospy has a last name. I'm sealing it for a character at some point. Uh, so, there you go. thank you. Spanaway?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. It, it, yeah Sounds pointy-twenty enough for all characters. Could also totally be like uh, a space station somewhere. Absolutely. Spanaway.
0: Yeah. hmm or spanner away. I'm going to throw my spanner like away. like a spanner Yeah. Uh, good day, happy jackers. <clears throat> Excuse me. Found your podcast early last year. Well, welcome. Yes. Yeah. And have enjoyed the hell out of it. Thank you for doing what you do. I got two things for you all. A little background. I've been, DM, I've been a DM for 25 years. My players have been playing with me since second edition D&D. Uh, we are young and naive uh. back then, and they were into RPGs that were very... I'm the hero, nothing can stop me. This translated into D&D very well. Still while, does. Yes. While I enjoy RPGs that have that that air of realism and true danger. True danger. That's not D&D. Not nope. anymore. Uh, I, first level characters. Yeah. Uh, I do not uh, enjoy being a PC. Uh, I have a couple of times my characters usually end up being insane sooner or later due to my own control issues and... And the party's pace. <laughs> good self-awareness.
2: Yeah, it's good to and know. I appreciate you. Yep. And the fact you're a soul GM is amazing. Like you are
0: the unicorn. Now here are the two issues. One, my PCs are given plenty of chances to roleplay and excel at their classes through many though many will actively choose not to do so, other than select from their pre-generated options, such as A, kill it, B, Quest Giver. See, buy from it. <laughs> <laughs> They're playing an MMO. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Does it have a yellow question mark? I, I ask. Is it, it clickable. For a quest? It's clickable? Is it's it, it clickable? clickable. Right. Can I buy from it, or do I, does it give a quest? It doesn't. I we can't. Kill it. Can I kill it?
0: Yeah. Oh, I can't kill it either. Shit. I don't leave it. Uh, there, there have, there has been decent role playing in in a Bloodborne style game I ran, though the campaign became a beast to manage and create challenging content for. And sadly, it died out. I use their backstories to create tons of NPCs that have flavor for them to explore. I would like some advice on how to have them roleplay more. We spoke about it in session zero, and they all agreed they wanted more roleplaying. Ellipses. <laughs> Secondly, we'll, I'll, I'll read both of them. We'll yeah. go back and, and mm-hmm. answer I loathe D&D power creep.
1: Yay! Thank you for being so self-aware. Power power
0: creep is creepy. It has been uh, it has been out system uh, our system probably for so many years through numerous drafts. I love games that put the danger into combat with some madness. I love sci-fi, horror and all those things. I own many other systems and when I suggest them I get well you can just use D&D to fit any setting. Wrong! Mm -hmm.
2: I love d DD
0: d d d is my boy but no girl no nope I know I can I can uh that's not the point it's the flavor the make the flavor it's the flavor life saver
1: don't ever do that again why not
0: no
2: please do <laughs> I need I need a clip of it help me help me chat I want a clip of that
0: uh this flavor uh, the mechanics, the uh, the li- the mechanics, the lifeblood of the game that D D just does not have. Fragged is a great example. Sci-fi, yes, great mechanics, yes. They want to play? Nope. Uh, just run the Mass Effect homebrew instead, is what they said. They are too xenophobic of new systems. I don't know if xenophobic is exactly the right word there. Hidebound, mm. I would hey. say hidebound. would oh, a systemphobic. System phobic. It could be system phobic. That could be someone who just doesn't like rules in general, though.
1: That's. Uh, I guess that's true. Yeah, xenophobic. I guess he's trying to. You know, in case if it's an alien, it's an alien system. It's I'm afraid of an alien
0: system. Right.
1: Yes. Uh, it
2: travel's gonna you... pop out of their chest. <laughs>
1: <laughs> could happen. Exactly. <laughs> oh no! Not again! Kill me! Kill me! Kill me!
0: Uh uh this instead uh, uh, too xenophobic the new system and I would like to, uh, and I would like to one day play Unity or Awaken or Zombie Apocalypse game sometimes I even think about going to my friendly local gaming store and running a one-off there because maybe it's just an itch I have <clears throat> mm. once in a blue moon they will help me play test my RPGs I'm creating Though this is usually only the mecha- uh, the mechanics based for them, sorry for the rants. It's been a long day. Thank you, f- uh, thank you, and drink to new tomorrows. Sincerely, Jonathan from Spanaway. How to get players to role play? Well, you, you're you're taking all the boxes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's doing. It. I mean, mind their backstory for stuff. You know, mm-hmm. expand on it because it's stuff that they're supposedly interested in.
2: My thought was because to me, because I agree, he's doing everything a GM should mm-hmm. do to get them to role play. I wonder if it's just the players are apprehensive about role playing, kind of like that person who's afraid to do improv, they're mm-hmm. afraid to talk out. So my recommendation would be play a one shot of something that's really role play heavy. Something like ten Candles, and like For the Queen. Mm-hmm. Something that's just a one-shot to kind of break the ice, get everybody comfortable. That way they're more comfortable talking at the table. Even in Fiasco. Fiasco's a great fiasco one. Fiasco would be a great
1: one, because it's really mm-hmm. improv theater. It's improv games. Or if
2: they're really apprehensive about even a one-shot in a new system. Something that my friends and I did recently, just absentmindedly. We were, uh, we're starting a new Star Wars campaign in the Fantasy Flight game uh, system. Dead system. I know. Um, <laughs> we're mourning. I'm not wearing my, my black armband, because, uh, you know... <laughs> Uh, taste, but um, really, it's dead.
1: And oh, I yeah. just figured out all the symbols for the dice. Rude. Um, <laughs> don't start my story.
2: But what we did was we <clears throat> were role playing, and we had bought a Sabak deck from Galaxy's Edge, and we we're just playing Sabak in character. <laughs> and it was great. did have to roll any dice, and it really helped us find our character, find our relationships, and find out how we interact with each other. And maybe something like that. Maybe having the characters play poker or find some kind of in-game game that you guys can play in character. That way you just get comfortable with each other and get comfortable with the character and how they talk and how they
1: interact. Uh, I go back to acting when it comes to this stuff because you are doing all of the things. And one of the base, base elements of acting, they tell you, is reacting. And, one, and any actor will tell you that when they are opposite a partner who is, is really good... And is in the scene and is committed in the scene. All of that stuff it brings their, them up to. Because mm-hmm. now all they have to do is react to whatever that person's throwing at them, and vice versa. Them the two, you get that feedback loop going, and magic happens. So in this case, it's almost like lead from the front or lead by example. Make sure your NPCs are in a different character, and that you never break as much as you can. Just stay in character with those, so they're forced to interact as a character with those NPCs as opposed to saying, well, the MP- the the, black, the blacksmith uh, doesn't want to talk to you today and, and move on. You know, have the blacksmith come out, wiping his hands and say, yes, what is it I can get for you today? Um, and force them to interact That's a strange voice for, a,
2: for yeah. a blacksmith. I don't trust
0: that blacksmith. <laughs> I don't either. I are, think he's I making think, golems are, in the back.
1: Are you talk- right? Are you, <laughs> yeah. Are you talking to me as your characters <laughs> now?
0: Hmm. I'm, I'm going to go it. find one with a Scottish accent. Thank you very <laughs> much.
1: Um, <laughs> I, oh, and that's, that's the only thing I can think of because you you need to sort of, you, you've done everything else. You did, but all you can do is just sort of not give them an out, so they 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 have to get in eventually. Hopefully, they get more comfortable doing it.
2: Yeah, but you know you also want to like make them pressure them into role playing if they're not no, no, ready. No. And I feel like that could be seen as like, why are you looking at me and talking to me that way when I'm not ready to do that? Uh, it sounds like they are. They want to. Maybe they just don't know yeah. how. Maybe they just haven't yeah. really explored. That's true. What, the ways that they feel comfortable doing is it. Because Dave
1: games that way. He's mm-hmm. very much like he won't let you out. He puts you on and he gives you a moment and, right. and he starts interacting to Dave you. Dave basically runs
2: a LARP at the table. But, but that's...
0: that's <laughs> no, I love it. I'm here for it. But it oof, it is it is a, a theatrical experience. It yeah. is. The, no, I I think there is there is some value in the idea of. If not forcing the players to to role play, setting an example as the GM and and being that character, because one of the things that I think one of the barriers is that people get embarrassed and think it's mm-hmm. stupid or whatever, and mm-hmm. they don't want to do it, right? But if they see the GM making a total ass of himself mm-hmm. and having a grand old time doing it, mm-hmm. eh, maybe uh, over time you'll get you'll get that to happen. That's
1: exactly what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And and when somebody like Dave throws this unbelievably creative character at you, you you've First of all, you're a little blown away, and then you're like, "Okay, well, if he's going to do it, I'm going to play into this and see he how does, far we can go." He does
0: really good characterizations. He really does. Really I'm not
1: does. saying that everybody needs to be as good as Dave Kazay, right. but uh, mm-hmm. I'm just saying that that is it, it. He's leading by example.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah, and I think, I think that, that really uh, the stuff that you're doing to try to incentivize them into into having some yeah. some sort of personal skin in the game. And then, and also leading by example, that's really, I mean, you're kind of ticking all the boxes. Yeah. That's really all you can do. There is this fundamental thing that people play role-playing games for different reasons. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's very true. And if they really, really, really like d that means they probably really like resource management. Well... And they really like combat.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like a lot of these guys play video games with a Mass Effect and Bloodborne, and I mean, so there's a whole... Sort of kill it and win kind of mentality when it came, right. when you're coming from a video game.
0: And, I mean, it, it, it I, I just looked at the the uh, the population of your town, but you know, Tacoma's only ten miles away. <laughs> <laughs> you can find a different group. I mean, because you may, and it may, it may be one of those things. If if if, if it's you and, and three buddies who are playing, I don't know how many people are in it. No, group. it's sad. But if it's you and three buddies. You know, maybe you you do want to go take one of these games you really want to try and put something up at your Mm -hmm. local gaming store if it's in if it's in your town. If not, Tacoma, Mm -hmm. I'm sure they've got game stores in Tacoma. Definitely, and 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 go and put say, hey, I'm going to run this game if anyone's interested in playing it on you know Saturday at four or whatever. And people show up, and it's just like what we used to when when I was building a gaming group back in you know during college and the years after college, we would go to the Go to conventions and run games, and like, okay, that guy's a great role player. Hey, what's your name? Where do, where do you live? Do you want mm-hmm. you want to join our game? Mm-hmm. And, and we do that all the time. And I met some amazing role players at going to game conventions, and I'm sure they've got game conventions up there. Go to and go to them and and start trying to find more people because what'll happen is if, you, if it's you and three or four guys and all of a sudden you, you bring someone in who's all, who also has that itch to role play, that, that's going to elevate the table a little bit. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you've got that acting partner who's really mm-hmm. good at it. Here's the other thing, too. You don't you don't have to keep playing the same game with the same people if they don't want to. Like you said, go off and do a one-shot. How many how many different games do you run a week? Two? Two. Two. So you could be running another game with another group of people yeah. to scratch it because you're the GM. I mean... I, you know, for politics, I suppose you could invite the friends it's like, I'm going to be starting a what did, what did you say? A fragged game If you guys want to come join me, that's fine But I'm going to go to yeah. start at the, at the local game store If you guys want to come join me, that's great Otherwise, every Wednesday, that's where I'm going to be And, and then weekends, we'll do this And so, maybe that
2: FOMO will get them more interested in these other games Yeah, they
1: might go, hey, you, you know You're playing without me? Yeah, but we're, you know I, I I think that because you really, really like to GM Go do it, man mm-hmm. I mean, Stu Stu's run a bunch of games without me, and I don't hate him. I don't like him, but I don't hate him.
0: <laughs> no one likes me.
1: <laughs> and you know, and that's and it's fine because it's amazing sometimes when you get a, a different people how they react and play. Mm-hmm. It, it, it changes your game. It, it suddenly things that you thought were boring or whatever have become all brand new again. I mean, you get whenever you're running for a. a Different group of people I'm sure you get It's a completely different game It's a completely different vibe It's a completely different feeling Oh sure Mm -hmm. It's so much It's so much more fun as a GM It reignites you again It's like reading Two different books You know You've you've got this book over here And you love it And you've got this book over here And they're they're different Mm -hmm. And and, But both enjoyable And you learn more about yourself When you play with new people too Yeah That's why at cons I was trying
2: to sign up for one game Where I know no one at the table Yeah Yeah. Just to see what happens I Mm -hmm. I think that's important
0: I mean And, And S- sitting, if you're, especially because he primarily GMs, mm-hmm. getting sitting down in a table where someone else is GMing, you're going to learn something. Oh, absolutely. It, it, I mean, it, you may learn what not to do, but you may also find out. Oh, I really like the guy, the way this guy narrates yeah. stuff, or I really mm-hmm. like that you know how, how this this person's you know does mm-hmm. their characterizations, or mm-hmm. or how how what whatever it is, you will you will learn techniques by watching other GMs and playing in their, even if you're not playing in the game just observing the game mm-hmm. you'll learn shit about mm-hmm. how to GM and it, it it just makes you a better GM it, and also game conventions yeah take your whole group to a game uh-huh. convention yeah, totally that's a fantastic idea. Yep. Let's we're all going to go because you're not. I mean, if there's right. one, if there's one in town, you drive in every morning and go to go to the game con and say, hey, I signed us all up for this game. Let's go try it. Mm-hmm. Or you know, or if they want to play D and D all day long, and go play D and D all day long,
1: and you go play others, and then you go meet at lunch and talk about and it. Then, exactly,
0: and then mm-hmm. recruit a new player, bring them into the game.
1: I do like the idea of going back to the role playing. I really do like the idea of playing a game of Fiasco. Just so that yeah. everybody has a chance to, because that's p- almost purely role playing, and I, Stu contends it's not a game, and I'm, and I'm on the fence about that myself. I'm not saying myself, I don't think it's not a game, but it is definitely theater
0: sports. It's not a traditional role playing,
1: and it's I will
2: agree. But it is a role playing game. You're so playing
0: a role. Even yes. if there's no
2: advancement, whatever, but. Right. I will also die on that hill. That that game and ten candles are role playing games and
0: well, ten, ten candles. I would call a
2: traditional,
1: one. but uh, it's still it's really it's worth it. GM. There's a lot of different books out there, and <laughs> and it is it is an intense game. Every time I've played it, it's just it takes you on this journey. And I remember Molly when in your room years ago. She was so committed in the character. I think she was actually there were tears. And then we played it with Bill once, and I I mean you just you're. Because it's called Fiasco to make horrible decisions. And so many people that you end up playing are terrible <laughs> people. And you never, in a role-playing game, play terrible people. See, I,
2: well, I always <laughs> wanted an experience with Fiasco. When I play Fiasco, always up being madcap, crazy, who knows, where did this come from? Why are we turning people into, like, smashed cubes for some reason? Like, it was... <laughs> I
1: ended up playing a preacher with Bill, and Bill was this... this uh, Small boy or young child with it wasn't the smartest and I ended up having to murder him in a cave. Oh. It was so <laughs> That's intense. what I want. I want to murder a child in a cave. It's so <laughs> intense. Oh. Anyway, I, I highly recommend it. It just is sort of a way to, you know, let's cleanse the palate and try this and see what happens. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's neat.
2: Look at those story game one shot games and see if you can get their interests. Yeah. And just make it like even before you start a normal campaign. They don't take very long, especially before the Queen. It's like an hour. <coughs> Maybe an hour and a half. But it, it also might get them to think differently about the way they build characters, yeah. which should also help them role-play and yeah. have a stronger connection right. to the character uh, at the beginning.
1: I build flogged characters all the time, much to the chagrin of many people at the table. They're, uh, they're like, what do you, what do you, why would you do that? It's like, because this is a lot more interesting. <coughs> and it gives me a character. It gives me something to go for. This way I can ostensibly build my deck skill up. It gives me a goal, you know, because my deck sucks, so I'm going to get better at it. Right.
0: They, and it, it, there's also a possibility that they just want to play D&D and then and then yeah. going to change yeah, there's okay. a, a lot of people like that yeah. I mean.
1: and there's nothing wrong with that but it's true and that, that's one other thing I wanted to mention is sometimes people are afraid to learn new things because it makes them they don't know what's going on mm-hmm. they're not comfortable they're not comfortable showing that they don't know uh, a lot of people don't <coughs> like showing the weakness of not knowing something and you know they might be required to now read a put a new book. Uh, they were they're going to make mistakes. They don't want to make mistakes. D anD D they know backwards and forwards. It's just comfortable and easy for them, and they don't want to have to look like a fool if they don't know the rules.
0: And in some cases, I mean, I know people who who pl- play strictly like three five Pathfinder th- those kinds of yeah. games. They fucking master yeah. that system yeah. to the point where it's like yeah. it's like it's like sitting down with Gary Kasparov and saying, "Hey, let's play checkers instead of chess." Yeah. Well,
1: I said back. You'll in the still d- probably kick your ass, but <laughs> I remember back like, in the day, like, I had the the the, the play- not the players, yeah, the players' handbook memorized. It. You know, it's like I knew what page what what was on, and I go, mm-hmm. oh, actually, on page. Wasn't that thick? In hindsight, you know, look back on it, it's like. Right. But I, because we played it so much, I just knew it so well, and there is a there is a comfort that comes with that <coughs> familiarity, you know? sure. And again, that comfort might
2: why they want to stay with D&D and help them role play because it's harder to role play but you're constantly flipping through the book. Yes. Like how does that work again? What is that role? Like I don't understand it's easier if you know the system. There's a
0: lot of rules light games out there that you can Mm -hmm. learn which is why I like PBTA.
1: Actually it's kind of easy I don't know I find it easier if you don't know the rules to, because now you can just roll plays. Like, I don't know what's going on. I'm going to roll the dice. You tell me if I hit it or not, you know? But
0: now this, you can just... I the right dice? Yeah. Okay. Now you're, now <laughs> you're
1: just free to, to, to F around as your character because you don't really know what you can and can't do. Or supposed to do.
0: And I, I think we kind of answered both questions. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think so. So. All right. Thank you. And welcome. And thank you for yes, listening.
1: Yes, thank you. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, let us know how this works out. Yeah, let us know for sure. I love to hear follow-ups. We, we yeah, so rarely and, get them.
0: And I, I can't... Iter- we just... Just came back from a game convention. I can't reiterate. Game conventions—they're mm-hmm. really great, especially if you can if you can drag the rest of your players out, or at least some of them out there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Go to open gaming, or if you have a games on demand, because yeah. that's starting to spread. Mm-hmm. Started, in, I think, Gen Con is what the first people that had it. I'm not sure if they were the first ones, but now we have it. our speech Con games hugely popular, and it, yeah, and it's it's become its own almost its almost its own department yeah, now. It's really cool.
1: <coughs> um, and and Stu, sorry, Stu almost exclusively GMs, but when he goes to cons, uh, you played. Did you play all I, this? I didn't
0: this time. I only ran one, the yeah. one game, because I had Zachary with me, so we went and played Artemis, which is the so bridge simulator. So good. It's so much fun. He's a war criminal. <laughs> this was, is my shocked face. Right. <laughs> I was playing the comms officer, okay. and I'm like, they just surrendered, and Zachary's like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't get that message. <laughs> apple doesn't fall too far
1: from the tree, does no. it? No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was a lot. That was a lot of fun. So, And I've already booked my room for September. Nice. Wow. So uh, I got a, a larger room in case, because my daughter was in tears that she didn't get to go. So that she can go to. See, uh, some fun for the whole family. Yeah. The, but uh, r- seriously, I mean, it's a great place to meet people who love the same hobby that you love. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I just love trying out... It, it gives me a safe place to try out new systems. Exactly. Because it, it, now it's like you can show up and go, I have never played this before. And so mm-hmm. you can be a fool and decide, you know, and tip your toe into that system that you've always heard about and like, all right.
2: This I, last right. con, I played Fate for the first time. Play I'd never played Fate. Oh, really? Oh, really? So what'd you think? It was fine. It was good. Yeah. I see where a lot of current uh, game developers are getting ideas from Fate as far as yeah. uh, tapping story elements and creating things on the fly. and right. I see that a lot of
0: that... Coming from Fate, but it was good. It was, good. Mm-hmm. It was had a lot of fun. The 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 uh, I played uh, Dogs in the Vineyard, mm-hmm. which is a fantastic game. it was a lot of fun. But the, the 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 biggest thing about that, if someone is is willing to go to the trouble to run a game at mm. a convention, they love that game, mm-hmm. right? They really really enjoy playing that game. So if you come up to them and say, hey, I've never played this game, they're, they they see you as a recruit. Oh, yeah, don't know, yeah. They don't, They're not saying, oh, God. Have you I'm read any of our literature? I've never, yeah. <laughs> I've, I mean, I've never encountered that I mean, in the old days, sure. Uh, but, I counted but, it once or twice at our com. But you're right. But most of the time, it's very few everybody now.
1: really is... And and they know the system backwards and forwards. And you, you are learning th- that system from a master. And they
0: want you to like it, yeah. too. They, <laughs> they want you to like g- 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 join yeah. their, their yeah. growing cadre of players that love this game. Yeah. So, I mean, even, even the Adventures League, the D&D Adventurers League, mm-hmm. everyone who I've talked to who's who's gone and play, played over there, it's very D&D. It's very... What you would expect from D anD D, but as far as they said, but the people, super nice, super fantastic, very helpful, uh, very friendly, very welcoming.
1: And we'd heard all these horror stories about oh,
0: yeah. people just being
1: complete, you know, douches to other right. people.
0: Yeah, there and there. I mean, I'm sure that happens. Yeah, it happens everywhere. Yeah, but I mean, at a convention, everyone is there because they love something about mm-hmm. that hobby, right? And they want to share it. And, and that's true. Even even true. The, you go to open gaming or the miniatures gaming and stuff, and you ask them ask them some questions. Unless someone's losing and they're grumpy, <laughs> grumpy gamers, <laughs> especially mini miniatures gamers. But that, and they'll sit down and talk and like, oh here, you want to pl- pl- play you want to you want to play this this section of the army? Here, yeah. I'll show you how to do how that. Yeah. It. It's it, it's so much fun. All right, uh, GMing exercise from uncommon man, who would like to read this? I'll read it. Okay.
2: P.S. Prescriptum. Uh, you seem to like the last two, so let's see if Stork and Pooja are there this time, too. Pooja's not here. One of the two. Uh, exercise three.
0: These are GMing exercises. This is like, there's no wrong answers. Mm-hmm.
2: The setting and system is up to you. Go for what you usually run or something else. The premise. The untouchable enemy. A well-liked or and politically powerful person is, in the eyes of the PCs, the BBEG, but they can't be fought directly. One. Is the person objectively evil?
0: Okay, that's that's, that's answered the question. Okay, cool.
2: Answered.
1: All right. So first of all, so but, the,
0: What's your what you're sort of setting. Yeah, premise? I have to come up
1: with an untouchable <clears throat> enemy. Um, uh, I guess I'll go with a sci-fi setting, mm-hmm. just because I keep I keep going. So why not? We'll go with a sci-fi setting. Um, and my untouchable enemy, uh, I think I'm going to make it a a politically protected war criminal. Right? Okay. So somebody who has done questionable things, probably, but has been forgiven by the government. Right? Okay. So that so that they, their crimes have been forgiven, and now, you know, even though you know that they're... Okay. Okay.
2: Sure. Um, I'll go... I'll go normal high fantasy, just for argument's okay. sake. Um, let's go with a... A. A ruler from a neighboring country, um, a trade partner for your your wherever you're from, wherever you're working for, they're the trade. They're a trade partner of that organization or that kingdom. Or
0: uh, that's kind of what makes them untouchable. Is that yeah? They, the they need them. Like cool it's still yeah. <clears throat>
2: you they need that that person alive and as a resource.
0: I'll, I'll say um. Uh, the CEO of a mega corporation. I'll go modern. Nice. Okay. Uh, is the person objectively evil?
1: Uh, in my mind, yes, absolutely. That's I'm obsessed with the fact that they're doing evil things and nobody nobody seems to care or have done evil things and nobody seems to care like terrible things. Uh,
2: no, I think they they've done some questionable things, but nothing blatantly evil. They're not endorsing slavery. They're not endorsing mass murder. But it's maybe major capital punishment. Maybe there's a uh, a caste system.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. I never have objectively evil uh, 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 Undead And monsters sometimes But but NPCs Are almost never objectively evil mm-hmm. If you sit down with any of the villain NPCs And actually have a talk with them You might walk away going kind I understand why he's doing that Can I kind of feel bad I have to kill them Because <laughs> that's my favorite thing to do Oh yeah. yeah. <coughs> <coughs>
2: What's okay. two? Uh, question two Why hasn't the legal system or someone else Put a stop to them?
1: Uh, in my world, it's very much that he's, like, sort of turned state's evidence or has, uh, I'm thinking sort of like like the Nazi war criminals like Nuremberg, it's like some of them were like, well, you're a rocket scientist, so we're just going to forgive everything you did and uh, come on over here and build our rockets, kind of thing. So he's working for the government under, let's say...
0: Like a Werner von Braun.
1: Yeah, kind of. Thing. Maybe he's not a scientist, but he's working for the government in some capacity, and so all his past crimes have been forgave. mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
2: Um, I think I touched on it when I when I first set up the premise, but they're they're a major trade partner. They have a, a valuable resource that I think most of the the kingdom you're from, the surrounding kingdoms need. So they they tolerate him, and as long as he's not legitimately doing horrible, chaotic, evil things, okay, fine. Um, so it's it's they they're he basically has them over a barrel because of the resources he's able to provide. Got um, it. Okay. So almost diplomatic immunity because of what he can offer. Right.
0: Uh, um, money.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. He can afford the best lawyers. Yeah. He can buy off judges. Yeah. Whatever he needs to do. <laughs> uh, three. How is
2: legal political system stopping the PCs from acting?
1: Um... In, in many ways, it, it's the same thing. He's just got connections and, and money and power. You know, think of something like V for Vendetta where the, where the the guy in charge was absolutely corrupt and doing terrible things, but you can't touch him because he's in charge and everybody <laughs> follows him. I'm thinking more in this case, it's just he's connected by the government and they're protecting him in every stop and every turn and evidence gets lost and people get paid off and no, no, the lawsuits just don't seem to go anywhere.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um I think there's a lot of diplomacy. I think there's a lot of tit for tat happening, um, and the the main concern of the kingdom that you're from is that if someone were to take them out, it would create a power vacuum, and better the devil we know than the devil we don't.
0: Or maybe it's a, a, a hereditary monarchy, mm-hmm. and maybe you know the 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 heir is it's you know worse. four years old.
2: Yeah. Also, yes. <clears throat>
0: um. I th- well, clearly the police department is going to be at his beck and call. Like if he whatever whatever city the, their, their corporate office is in, one phone call, you know, SWAT teams there. So th- as far as like the legal system, and plus, I mean, his lawyers are going to tie you up and they'll and sue you. Mm-hmm. They'll say, oh, you were on our property illegally. We're going to sue you for trespassing or yeah or oh you said a terrible thing about us that's not technically maybe true so we're just going to we're you're going to spend the next 6 months in court and we're going to file the file papers and we're going to uh, uh file extensions and we're just going to harass and harass yeah. and you you're going to have to pay a lawyer and it's going to be expensive you might get picked up for uh <laughs> you know some sort of crime and didn't spend the weekend in
1: jail and, oh i'm sorry it wasn't you oh it's somebody fit, fitting your description yeah just to harass you
0: oh sure yeah yep yeah. yeah. not to mention character assassination right? absolutely mm-hmm.
1: yeah okay
2: uh four do you help the players find a weakness to exploit to take this person down
1: uh if the players are into doing some research, then absolutely. But again, I'm like Stu, I'm just going to set it up and <coughs> then react to however they do it. But if they if they just decide to, you know, commandeer a ship and go to this planet and blast him out, you know, that's going to be consequences. If they try to do some research and find out, you know, where he lives, what his habits are, who his connections are, if there's a, a loophole, then yeah, I'll work with them, absolutely. And then, just like Stu, I'm going to listen
0: oh, yeah. and, and see what they say. And I'm like yeah, maybe, they,
1: maybe he does have a child that they could leverage. Mm, or something. That's horrible. but um, Yeah. Um, if they do the research. If they're just going to blast their way in, then I'm just going to use what I set up which is, you know, he lives in a uh, armored community and the government's protecting him and they're going to come at you with everything they have. Right.
2: Uh, basically, I, I agree. I, I, if they want to go that route, they want to do the footwork and figure out a way to maybe fi- uh, get the resources out from this kingdom so that they don't have to deal with them anymore or if they can do some kind of puppet government if they figure all that stuff out if they want if they want to bard their way through it I'm not gonna stop them <laughs> <laughs> um, but <clears throat> you know they have to do the work and I will I will support them with any information I can give them right. but there are repercussions whether they succeed or fail yeah
1: I'm not, yeah, just, I guess the thing is, do you help the players find weakness or exploit? I'm not going to give it to them. And I think no. you agree. You're, yeah. just, you're not going to, here's how you win. It's,
0: that's. You're going to yes and it. But yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. I mean, it's, it's like they're going to talk about, maybe he's got a vice. Yeah. Oh, maybe oh, he does. Maybe he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he does have a vice. And if you decide <laughs> to go looking for a vice, you're probably going to find one. Yeah. Right. <sighs> yeah. Absolutely. Okay.
2: Uh, five. After a game session, one of the players comes to you and says their PC wants to double-cross the other PCs. How do you handle this?
1: Yeah, that's a little tricky. First of all, I would set up a Slack channel so that that person could email me and talk to me about it, and we could do it afterwards. Uh, I, I would also just want to be very clear that there's probably going to be consequences to them doing this, that the rest of the party might legitimately hate you as a person after this game happens this way. Um, I would also read the temperature of the group and I might explain to them, like, maybe we just do this above board, like, this is actually happening and everybody can, ru- if you have a bunch of really good role players, they're just going to go with it and everything will be fine if, if, if you're going to try to really want to surprise them and backstab them that's another thing it's, it's going to be a game by game a group by group basis on how I would handle that, because it mm-hmm. could get, it could really backfire and it could hurt people's feelings legitimately, yeah. so I, I would have to gauge the temperature of that group and <coughs> figure out how to handle it
2: yeah, my first question would be what do you plan to get out of this? Just on you know, in character, out of character, at the table, and off the table. Are you trying to retire your character? Do you are you tired of this character, you think this is an interesting way to get them away to get a new character in? Because when that happens in a group, it's really hard to reestablish that kind of trust yeah. with another character who just backstabbed you all. So for me it would almost seem what a grand exit. If you want to do that, cool, but they're probably gonna die or have to run away yep. and then they're mine now um if you are hoping to do that and still have some kind of relationship with the party <laughs> uh, i i would maybe check with at least one other person in the party and be like hey i'm thinking about doing this can i do this through you can we can we have this connection can we have this scene so that maybe you know you can back me up a little bit or under- maybe you're my my conscience and trying to get the party to Welcome me back. If they're up to that, it's it's really like Stork said. It's really really touch and go. Um, I I don't know. I mean, it's if they want to do it. There again, there are consequences, and I want to. I would want to talk that through with the person one on one before we even brought it up to the table.
0: And you don't want the consequences to be real world. Exactly.
2: That's what I mean. Consequences all over.
0: Uh, For me, it would depend on, on the game I'm running. I mean, if I'm running a vampire game and you're not expecting someone that's going to... one of the other player characters is going to backstab you at some point, you've probably never played Vampire. I don't know what you're talking about, Steve. (laughs) But, I mean, also, I think that is is the sort of thing, and I think probably... I don't do this, but it probably should. Probably every game you should have a conversation about that sort of uh, PC-to-PC betrayal, whether it's on the table or off the table... Uh, if people are working for t- towards cross purposes, how far is the table comfortable in letting that go? Is it going to go all the way down to combat? Yeah, or is it going to be you know trying to embarrass each other in court or something like that mm-hmm. i mean there's 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 ways there's if you have a conversation ahead of time and yeah. everyone's like, yeah that's, that's okay, sure, whatever yeah, well you know no holds barred, then there you go. <laughs> but but and that i think that probably is one of those things that you should always have on the on the table when you're having recession zero is 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 pc versus pc conflict well conflict itself no yeah, it's fine it, but yeah. but act when PvP. it when act, pvp if it actually comes down to something like that are people cool with that or are they not cool with that mm-hmm. Get the comfort level of the players ahead of time. Now, obviously, you know if you are already running a game, and all of a sudden this gets sprung on you, which is kind of what, what what's happening mm-hmm. here. That's a little bit different, and I think you got you really have to kind of read the table.
1: It also depends on the level of the betrayal. I mean, I played a game, a Star Wars game, where Trig basically betrayed the party, but mostly he just ran away. But it kind of left the party in a bad place. I know that. Oh, he betrayed the party. I know that Bill <laughs> in a Traveller game, like, fully betrayed the party, and it, it what what I. What I would really want to be careful about is that the, that, the player and the, and the GM aren't seeing as being cahoots against the rest of the players. Because when that finally gets revealed, and they're like, "Oh my God, have you guys been plotting this against us this whole time?" People are going to get hurt. I mean, we were in a game once where somebody was definitely not working in the party's best interest. He was only working for himself, and he ended up screwing up a lot of the game yes. because he was keeping clues from the rest of the party. He was, you know, he he was obviously doing... He was playing a whole nother game behind the rest of the players' backs, and even though we knew it was going on, after a while, it, it got to be... It got really to really sort of piss people off. It just wasn't funny anymore. Right. And you got to be careful about that, because basically what's going to happen is if this person's plotting, he's going to be playing a whole other game. It's like people are going to leave the room for 40 minutes while the GM and he discuss what's going on. So it, it's... Yeah, yeah. It's this real slippery slope. You have to be very careful. And again... It depends on the group. If everybody's grown up and they want to sit in the room and listen to you guys talk about how they're going to get betray the party and, and they're cool with that, that's cool. But yeah. mm.
2: my, my other concern would be how much lead up has there been to this betrayal? If it's something like, I'm playing the rogue and I've been kind of, you know, the lone wolf. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have many opinions about that uh, that trope. Um, and I'm kind of the anti-hero and I'm kind of doing my own thing. And you betray the party okay, you know, I could see that happening. And again, we'd have to have those conversations, but it wouldn't be a huge thing. If you're the healing cleric of light, and you decide you're going to betray the party for X, Y, or Z reason, and it comes out of fucking nowhere, yeah. that's
1: an issue. Like That's that, just bad storytelling.
0: And that's also a, probably a player who wants to play something else.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It, it it does run the risk of ruining the game for the rest of the players. Mm-hmm. Is that you've gone through and, you know, you've, you've basically either set them up again the GM has to be cool about it because there has to be a way that the players that are being betrayed don't end up like their game isn't completely ruined. they don't end up all in jail or dead or Mm -hmm. something you know what I mean because then it's like this player has one (laughs) D&D and that sucks
2: but on the bright side he's asking you about it before he does it and not springing it on you at the table right there because that's not fun for anybody
1: no as a side note, what you were saying, I don't know because of the way my brain works, I want to make a escape artist bard called No Holds Bard. <sighs> it's so bad story. It's so awesome, it's though. It's so bad. It's the No Holds Bard. It's going to be a escape artist. He works in a circus. Oh. I'm doing it. Horror story. Horror story. That wasn't the horror story? From Costa in no. Adelaide. Hey, Jackers. <clears throat> Costa here from Adelaide. I'll tell you a horror story with a few red flags and lesson to be learned. Fair safety disclaimer that this tale has suicidal thoughts in the role play. I how long? Did, how long oh my goodness! I may, there I may is have a to reason I volunteered to read this. I scene. will make a mention just before their scene occurs in case any listeners wish to not listen to that part of the email. Sorry in advance for the massive length. So, for the setup to the story. I am running a Call of Cthulhu D&D 3.5 mashup game for some of my regular players. The idea of the campaign was to bring sanity mechanics to D&D and have a harsher setting for the players to muck about in where the magic was rare, healing was near non-existent, and the threat of going insane was more scary than PC death. Standard Call of Cthulhu, honestly. Mm-hmm. I ask all the players to roll 3d6 down the line.
0: Hardcore rolls. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm. Many of the players were scared they will get low rolls and would not be effective at all thing, at all the things. The whole exercise I wanted to show them was that you don't need 18s and everything to enjoy the game. They all caught on pretty quick in the idea, uh, to the idea and later told me that this campaign they would never forget for its gritty, epic moments of high-stakes tension. We rolled three lines, and they chose which one sounded the most interesting to play. Most of the players had one or two good stats, with, with three being below average, some in the very low category. And then there was this guy, Let's call him Peter. 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 Horrible Peter. Horrible Peter, that's the one. Mm-hmm. Peter rolls for stats and gets nothing lower than a 13 with two 18s. Naturally, he puts the 18s into strength and constitution. And when I ask him to bring some, down some of those numbers so that he doesn't feel out of place with the other players in the campaign theme, he objected. But I never roll this roll. I'm going to keep them.
0: I don't know if I'd blame him for that. Yeah, Me I either. don't blame him
2: for that. I, I mean, would definitely do the same thing. What I love is that he put them in Straight to Constitution when it's clearly a Cthulhu game. Like, good good, fucking luck. Right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Red flag number one. He only rolled one stat line and said that he would stick with it while all the others had uh, HP between 3 and 7 at best. Here he was at 14 at level 1, which further increased to 28 and beyond after every level 1 due to some lucky rolls while no one else cracked double digits to level 3. I thought to just keep the game moving forward and make sure everyone was enjoying themselves and the story and it was all crafted together. I asked the players to find some character art uh, inspiration for the concept that they have after Session 1. Peter says that his character is one of the characters from JoJo's Bizarre Adventures. Anime fight, man, show about a wackiness, uh, having a magical entity that fights battle for you. That is the simplest way I can put it. I know the neckbeards are going to be screaming at me, but it's enough for you to get the point of the story. Google it if you want some ideas of the style. Red flag number two. He didn't say his character was like the character from JoJo. He says the character was the character from JoJo. That's a little weird. I'll skip some of the fluff. I'm playing Dracula. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'll skip some of the fluff, and the party finds themselves on the run and harboring away on a boat from from one township to the next. Between sessions, I'm talking to the PCs about these cool NPC ideas I have for them to interact with and learn cool abilities off of. Party loves the idea, and these mentor characters all except Peter. Peter starts going on that uh, I'm only introducing the NPCs to kill his PC and I'm totally just trying to kill him off. I tell him that this is not the case very clearly and he does not listen. Red flag number 3. If the GM tells you he isn't trying to kill your PC, they're probably not trying to kill your PC until you piss them off enough like and then they will.
0: That he suffers from post traumatic bad GM disorder.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or Just a good healthy case of paranoia. Right, yeah. <clears throat> just because you're not out to get you doesn't mean they're
0: not, not, not out to get you.
1: No. Yeah. <laughs> um, next session starts. Peter's Jojo character has a fistfight with the ship's half-giant man, Franz. Captain of the ship calls for a spar between the two and the party's excited to see who will win. As I mentioned before in this game, where the world... Uh, the game world where magic is super rare and healing is not something that happens beyond natural sources. If you lose an eye, you better find an eye patch. Trigger warning disclosure for the next part. Peter is fighting, as he does, ambidextrous style, as that is what the Jojo character does. Franz takes a huge swing and crits. Ooh. Mm. I refer to my crit table and describe the following <clears throat> The force of Franz's blow connects your contacts your wrist, you hear something crack. The is broken. The whole party is amazed and excited by this. They see the arc of this character flash before their eyes. Needed to learn to fight one-handed or feign his fighting prowess under the guise of one working hand. The possibilities were amazing. I ask Peter what really he wants to do. He responds with, I walk off the side of the ship and commit suicide. <laughs> Everyone, including oh myself, my is stunned and shocked by this. <laughs> of all the answers he could have given, this was not what we were expecting.
2: At least grab a cannonball first. Right? Like, at least make it dramatic.
1: (laughs) I ask him why. He says that his character wouldn't want to live if he couldn't fight two-handed. Oh my god. (laughs) Red flag number three, or number four. Peter was so committed to his character being one way that he refused to have the game change that idea in his head at all. I end up having to retcon that one of the PCs has this one-time fixability he can use on Peter's PC's wrist to fix it, but it knocks out this PC for two days—two days—which is the dramatically appropriate amount it of time exists, to be knocked yeah. out, um, and uh, a bed rest and nearly and nearly damages him in the same way. Uh, the session eventually. Deflates and we all go about our ways, trying not to discuss it further. But all of us individually check in on Peter to see if he is okay. Campaign continues until eventually Peter feels his character is too strong against the other PCs. And- <laughs> <laughs> it's,
2: it's
0: right there. You know what? Too- Someone should have fucking warned him. Yeah, that's your fault. Mm-hmm. Sorry, <laughs>
1: lesson to be learned from this negatives should be used to evolve the role playing if you have a flaw playing it out can lead to some amazing role playing moments wanting to be perfect all the time and looking down super hard on a character concept that has no flexibility to grow is doing a disservice to the medium of role playing games
0: hey I have an idea uh-huh. how about he like fight one arm maybe he said break a limb or something <laughs> He won't be as
1: powerful. <laughs> but hey, that's just my opinion. Would love to hear your thoughts on the matter. Costa from Ad- Adelaide. P.S. Sorry about restarting the flame war on the D&D classes versus non-class systems. a while back at the start of the session after reading that email I kind of had an anxiety breakdown because my email was not well written and sort of messed up the point I was going for. To hear all the anger it produced and only be able to listen and not elaborate my points was hard nearly made me stop listening to the show that I've been following for years now that an entire backlog is up to date and I'm back to wanting to both listen and write in some more. Another show now. PPS drink but no for Stu. Really sorry if this email is too long.
0: No it's right on the edge but that's not too long. No. The the, um. Except for the, except for the 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 wanting him to to drop his stats. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're playing hardcore, roll your stats, and that's what you get. Yeah. That's what, you, that's get. That's what yeah. you get. Yeah.
2: And a lot of times you'll get knocked out by one of those other stats.
0: But uh, first
2: d game I ever played, we had a druid who had like an 18 dexterity, and wham, got smacked by an ogre. Yeah. And one shot and dead. Like yeah.
1: <laughs> And that's the thing. You can get over comedy and get cocky. It's like, oh, I'll handle this. You guys wait here. And then, and then, yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, I guess, yeah, D&D really does need a group to help, especially if there's no heels.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and, and a D20 is real swingy. Oh. It, the only problem is
1: it sounds like Peter would not accept the fact that he killed his own character by accident because he was too cocky. It sounds like he would blame the other player. You didn't help. It's like, We can't hit it. We don't have the stats. (laughs) You decided to go and attack the big guy. We were trying to talk our way out because we can't hit it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, um... It sounds like this guy was kind of a douchebag to start with. Yeah. Um... It seems like you tried to give all the breaks. You were even nice to him towards the end because you guys were checking on him to make sure if he was okay. And, and at my point, it seems like he was just being a whiny bitch, and I would have been mad at him. I'm like, I don't <laughs> want to play this character anymore. You guys have ruined it for me. It's ostensibly what he's saying. I'm going to commit suicide and be passive aggressive. I'm going to hold my breath until you fix my character.
2: Hmm. In that case, I've been like, okay, great. We fixed your wrist, but guess what? It's not as good as it was. Right. Now your strength's a sixteen.
1: That's what it smacks up go. to me. Mm-hmm. Is that he? Is he basically did a whole you know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave and take my toys with me. Kind of moment with his character through, through a hissy fit. Um, yeah, and I kind of almost would have said, "Really, you want to commit suicide? You can, you can definitely try to commit suicide." Now you got a lot of stats in a long constitution. You didn't grab a cannonball, so you're going to be floating out there for a while.
0: Oh, Kevin, watch up on You have an 18 yeah. constitution,
1: bro. Barely alive. Right. I'm alive. Not alive. <laughs> you, you're going to have to no. roll every day to no, see if you, have you die of exposure.
2: Right? <laughs> you see the ship getting further and further in the distance, it disappears <laughs> over the horizon. All right. Every day
1: you get to roll to
2: see a if you A kindly dolphin <laughs> picks you up and takes
0: you to shore. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs>
0: Rescued by a mermaid.
1: <laughs> I know because I mean, you know that'd be the consequences of having this character that was so uber. You know, hey, uh. you actually survived this harrowing ordeal. Sorry. You have to paddle, dog paddle, ashore with one hand.
2: Oh, but God, the book end of him realizing well, my character's too strong.
1: <laughs> I can't. That's yeah. so good. That is, you can't you can't make that shit up. That's so good. I kind of have little patience for people like that anyway when they just start like throwing hissy fits and want to be the center of attention. Eeh, I just I'm done. But
0: Although I, if, if except for that first thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, Especially, for sure. Like, if Stork rolled a really good character That's and right. I said, nah, I got to drop your stats." <laughs> and also I see if it. you want to play Call of Cthulhu, why don't you play Call of Cthulhu? Right. Because <laughs> it's hard to make a Call of Cthulhu characters. Yeah. <laughs> well, Andy might
1: have the same problem as other players do, which is like, I don't oh, want to
0: learn a system. It's
1: scary. Like, can't yeah. we just play uh, Andy? Yeah. That could you be. Know.
0: That could be. That could be. All right. I think that's it. Thank you. Yeah. Cool. Thank you, Costa, from Adelaide. Uh, where's the thing?
1: I don't know. If you're asking us? It's over there. It's on there. Don't push that red button!
2: That's it. Where
0: Thank you for joining us for season 26, episode 7 of Happy Jack Soberty Podcast. My name is Stu. I'm Stork. I'm Joey. And uh, we'll see you next Friday at uh, 7.09 Pacific, Pacific time ish. Yeah. And uh, thank you very much. We'll yeah. the song.
1: And there's games this weekend, so check us out. Yep. Yep. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: <laughs> From Michigan to Australia and maybe Timor, be a no sabe si
2: Fuck,
0: fuck, God not not competition, in 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 drink in competition, in competition, in competition, he? Can 10 times drink ten, time, 10 more times more, time, time, more than drink he,
2: than who can drink ten
0: times more drink, ten times drink more, than, more than, than, he. than he.
2: Make a new world, baby
0: power, new world, make worlds that make got else, but while i Start with nothing wine, make a new, a new world deep. Nothing nothing with with not wine, 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 but why? wine. Why? 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 Why
1: why? A new world with nothing wine. Let wine, wine,
0: let wine, let wine, let wine,
1: wine, let wine, 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 wine,
0: let
1: and there I that wine, and, and let that, that wine on me. me, and let that wine on me, and all
0: that me. The preceding program has been a presentation of the Angry Folk Media Empire. Bum, 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 bum,